In a world where financial acumen meets innovative strategy, one man stands out with his multifaceted mastery. My guest is a visionary and a vanguard in the realms of finance and business. As a CEO of Capital Pensions and Insurance Solutions, he is revolutionizing the way we think about life insurance, retirement planning, and financial stability. His insights and his knowledge have empowered countless of individuals to secure their financial futures. And that's just the beginning. At Teachers Retirement Solutions, my guest is reshaping retirement planning for educators, ensuring their golden years are as rewarding as their careers. But my guest's expertise doesn't stop there. With a thriving house flipping enterprise and an innovative venture of agriculture, he embodies the spirit of a true entrepreneur. He is here to unravel the secrets of his multifaceted success. How does he seamlessly navigate into these diverse industries? What drives his relentless pursuit of excellence? And most importantly, what can we learn from his journey to apply to our own paths to success? This episode is more than just insights, but a transformative perspective on business, entrepreneurship, and the art of thriving in the competitive world. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Rudy Vasquez. Vasquez, welcome to the podcast, my brother. Yo, what's up, Daniel? How, <laughs> How you doing, doing brother? Bro, good morning, good morning. <laughs> How you doing, bro? Oh, amazing, brother. We're on this side of the dirt. Yeah, it's always man. good. Yeah, so we uh we had a lot of mutual friends, you and I, and uh, I think when we had our phone call a, a few days ago, bro, it was like I've known you my entire life. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. When I seen you on our group chat with all the other boys and, and you know people like mutual friends, so I see an 831 number. I'm like, dude, everyone on here is like 408-661. I'm like... Who's this other 831 number, you know? <laughs> Did you always grow up in Salina? Were you always there? No, so I'm originally from a little town called Moss Landing. Okay. You know what I mean? And then uh, when I started my business, like the biggest nearest city was Salinas. And so I basically accidentally just ended up there. Okay. Wasn't where I wanted to like reside in. It just was all an accident. Yeah, my, it was funny because when the poster uh, got posted from the event that we're going to be speaking at, uh, my aunt actually knows you. What? Uh, I mean, she knows of you, I believe, because she's okay. a teacher. Okay, okay. And I know that one of your businesses is correlated to, like, say, educators. Right, right. So when she told me, she's like, hey, he's a really great man. And you'd oh, nice. be affiliated with him. That is phenomenal. So, and this is the first time we're meeting, brother, but it feels like I've known you for such a long period of time. That's what I think one of the core roots that entrepreneurs have. They're able to just hop into a room and hop into any group, and they're just able to adjust with anybody in the room. Yeah, you know why that is, though, right? It's because when you're an entrepreneur and you're a successful entrepreneur, because everyone claims nowadays to be an entrepreneur, but it's one thing being an entrepreneur, another thing being a successful entrepreneur, right? So when you're a successful entrepreneur, you know the struggle, mm. you know the battles, you know the grit, you know the mud, and you know how to get out of that mud. And so when you're in a group with other like-minded individuals, you want to help them succeed because you know the BS that you had to go through. Yeah right and the struggle and most individuals what they want to do is they want to hold you down they want to hate on your game they want to like dim your light yeah. rather than make that light shine brighter yeah but other successful business owners entrepreneurs they're going to be the ones that are going to go out there and help you yeah. grab you by the hand and be like dude i was in that mud with you before you know i was in that mud before mm -hmm. let me teach you and show you the way on how to get out of that mud in half the time yeah. But sometimes when people kind of see you scale and your stock is raising, they kind of want to pull you back down. Mm. They kind of, 
like, Dan, no, 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 Daniel, Rudy, sit, stay here. Don't, where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? No, 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 come back here with us. Come back here with yeah. us. What ends up happening is those individuals that are your friends, they don't want to see you. They think they, they're, they're used to playing the safe side. And because they're used to playing the safe side, when you're that risk taker and you want to jump off that airplane and you barely are buckling on that parachute, not even know if it, there's a damn parachute in that backpack. Yeah. You know, an entrepreneur, they say, what, I'm going to jump off the plane and I'm going to build the parachute on the way down, right? And most individuals are like, you know what, let me make the parachute, let me fold it and make sure it's all in there and correctly, mm. you know, packaged. And then maybe I'll grow the balls to jump off the plane, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when you have a lot of individuals in your circle that are safe players mm -hmm. and you're that risk taker, they're always going to try to convince you and talk you out of your dreams and goals. But that's why I always say that God didn't give those dreams and those goals or those visions to those individuals because they don't have the heart that you have. You know, nowadays there's so many tests to measure one's, you know, IQ, SAT, EQ, intellectual, uh, you know, uh, intelligence. But the one test that is not out there is the test of a champion's heart. Right, you can never test. There's no test out there to measure the heart of a champion. Yeah, and the only person that will know how strong your heart is is the individual who holds that heart. Yeah, because you're gonna know all the great and all. Excuse me, you're gonna know all the BS that you went through, yeah. and you're gonna know what level of of stress you can put yourself under. Yeah, to come back up out of it. Yeah, and before before all this, uh, I was a professional fighter. Okay. So I used to fight in front of people. I'm I messing with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so there was times where, you know, you're winning and things are going great, but there's also times where you lose and you get humiliated by your friends and your family. So yeah. that's where you get, I feel like, tested because there are moments where you say you get killed in the first round and you're, you're embarrassed. How are you going to react from that? I took a year off from the game, but I was like, man, am I, am I am what I say I am? Because... That whole year when I lost two in a row, I was like, I was lost. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be right now. You hit a couple of good points there. Number one point is, um, you could be winning a fight, you could be winning in business, you could be winning in life, you could be winning in a relationship, and one bad move can take your boat to a whole different direction. You know, so you don't want to get too high on the highs mm. and too low on the lows. Yes, because reality is right in the middle. That's number one. Number two is you mentioned taking that year off. Same thing happened to me in business. 2007, well, 2006, the market crashed in real estate and I was in mortgage. <laughs> I was in the mortgage business. So for 2008 to about, no, 2007 to about 2008, I took that whole year off. I was depressed. Yes. I didn't want to leave the house. Like, I mean, I had friends that were committing suicide because, you know, they lost their family. They lost everything. I have friends that got addicted to drugs during that time. I got friends that literally were like their, their marriages were being deteriorated, losing their family because money was no longer coming in. All the toys were getting repossessed. So I took that year off because I'm over here thinking like, well, shoot, is my, is my family going to leave me? Are they going to turn their back on me? Right. I see it already happening to this person and that person. Yeah. You know, my house got foreclosed on. They were repossessing my cars, my toys as well, you know, and I went from living into my house into sleeping on a couch of a family member. So at the end of the day is like that year, 
I took off. Like I didn't want to open up the the blinds. I've never done drugs, but I felt like as if I was maybe coming off of some deep, deep drug. And it was a drug. I mean, you know, business and money, it's like a drug, you know? And so I was coming off of it to where it's like, I didn't want to look out the blinds. You know, I didn't know who was pulling up or what. But in about 2009 or 2008, 2009, no, 2009, I got, I was like, yeah, I got to get up off this couch. I got to get off my ass and I got to get to work. I got to find something. And that's when I got into the banking. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this entrepreneur life and I want to go that safe route. So I went to go work at the bank and I was there for about a year until someone approached me an old high school friend approached me about like the financial service industry. And I was just a fool to believe in it, you know? And I just jumped in going off that, jumping off the plane with the parachute again, you know? And fast forward 2024, right? I'm glad I did. I'm glad I was a fool to jump off that plane and not knowing if the parachute was going to open on the way down or not, you know? Um, And now it's like I can, you know, control 100% of my time. And, you know, I I mentor a lot of people and it's it's been a blessing, you know? But that's another point that you brought up is that year. Sometimes you do need to take that time off to know, you know, to work on yourself because during that year, like, I wasn't working on business. I wasn't working on myself, like to become a better business person, but I was working on myself to be a better man, a better individual. So that way, when I do climb up to that mountain again, and I'm I'm like overseeing the the, the horizon yeah. of victory, I can acknowledge it and appreciate it a little bit differently than before. So I don't make the same foolish mistakes that I made when I was younger and unwise, you yeah. know. And I feel like those moments, brother, they they humble us because. You know, when business is scaling, when, you know, say a fight career is going great, uh, it's like life. Life really doesn't care about anybody and it'll put you in your place if you don't take notice of it. To this day, I have three consultation calls today. Say if I get them as a client, I'm not really going to trip on it so much. You know, something one of my mentors told me is like, don't get too high. Do not get too high because you could all lose it tomorrow. Right. Same thing as a fight. Every time I was winning. And every time people were telling me like, oh my God, applauding, applauding, applauding. And I start to believe it, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. <laughs> you get humbled. Yeah. You get humbled really badly. So you like right now, the wins come, losses come. I don't get too high on either either of them. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to remember too, like in business, you're only as good as your last victory. And that was already the past. So like, you know, one thing is like the poor person's mentality is living in the past. Like how many people say, man, when the real estate was doing good, or when I was doing good in business, like, well, yeah, when you were doing good, mm-hmm. what about now? Yeah. What are you doing now? Like there's many people I know that were making a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe half a million, maybe even a million a year when the market was doing really good. And now they're still back at a W2 job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, as an entrepreneur, we can't be living in the past. Like your last victory was great, but what about the next one? Yes. What about the next season? Like that was last year's championship. Yeah. What about this year's championship? And so because we live in the past, we forget about what's laying ahead of us in the future. And by making that mistake, we miss opportunities. We start backtracking, backsliding. And hey, we're not trying to go backwards. We're trying to go forward. It's crazy too because the vocabulary, when people speak, say Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of the books that it details is people how they speak where I can't afford this, I can't spend this money, but it's like, he asked that question, how could you afford it? Right. You know, I feel like people need to be careful on what they say out loud because it keeps them at that state. 
where it's like, I'm poor. You say that out loud, you're literally saying that is your identity. I saw a stat the other day is like 70% of people's stress comes from finances. It's kind of strange when I see that number, I'm like, people don't really take the time to actually educate themselves on financial literacy. You know, mm-hmm. why do you think people ignore it? I don't think that people ignore it. It's just sad that they don't teach it. Oh, you know, I really believe that that's one of the biggest problems that's broken in our education system is that they don't educate individuals on like how to balance a checkbook, you know, like the old school, you know what I mean? Like it sounds stupid, like, you know, but they don't teach people about credit. They don't teach individuals about like, you know, how to, how to buy a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll teach you on, you know, like stuff, like there's so many subjects that we don't even use. But when it comes to what we need in life to survive, like they're not going to teach you think about like all these business teachers that are teaching you about business. Like I dropped out of college. I was going to school for business. Yeah. I'm like, dude, if you're so good at business, if you're teaching others how to do business, why aren't you, why are you a teacher? Why aren't you making, like, why aren't you opening up businesses? You yeah. know what I mean? Is I mean, nothing wrong with it. Is this your school? <laughs> right. You know, right. <laughs> Is that, was that your statue outside <laughs> or your grandfather? You know what I mean? Uh, but at the end of the day, it was like, that's that's how I looked at it. It was like, man, if you're so good in business mm. to teach me, then I might as well just drop off the class because you're not in the seat that I want to be in. Yeah. You're not driving the car I want to drive. You're not living in the house that I want to live in or in the area that I want to live in. Mm-hmm. Or you're not eating at the restaurants that I want to live in. So I really believe that, yeah, individuals can take the fault especially nowadays mm-hmm. like if you asked me that same question 10 years ago 15 years ago it would be a whole different answer yeah but nowadays with youtube tiktok instagram like all these in the palm of your hand yes. social media like it's your fault yeah it, it is your fault that you're not learning this stuff you're swiping to the next one you know you're, you're swiping to whatever it is that entertains you mm-hmm. you know but um, I just I just think that if if we started bringing the awareness at a younger age, maybe even through like high school, you know, individuals would take a little bit more of an important approach towards yeah. financial literacy, financial education, because not only is it one of the biggest, and he says stress, mm. but it's also one of the biggest factors of divorce. Yeah, you know, it's financial literacy. Is find, find you know not having enough money, not paying, being able to pay the bills, you know. So, I think it's important. Yeah, but and then I feel it, like security outweighs the love, you know. Yeah, like as a man or just in any anything, men have to build, build that foundation where they are taking care of the family. They're making sure everything is good. And if you don't provide security, the love will just kind of dissipate. Right. Weird, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, everything follows finance. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's a sad thing, but like we go to work every day. We go to that appointment every day. We make that phone call every day. Yeah. Why? Not for greediness, but it's because we need to make that money to provide to the lifestyle that you want to live, yes. you know? And uh, I mean, if you're good with a $20 hour job or a 20, you know, $20 an hour job or, you know, $100 an hour job, or you want to make, you know, $1,000 in a day. It's all up to the individual of what type of lifestyle they want to live and you know and, and and how they how they their viewpoints of money too yes you know because i think too like a lot of times you know as growing up kids are told that money's bad like money's the root of all evil 
don't worship money. It's, you know, in reality, it's like, it's a necessity. It's a tool. It's a tool. That's exactly how I use it, man. I, people always like say in my comments or in my DMs, like you are money hungry. You need to be careful. You need to be mindful. I'm like, nope, I am using money as a tool for my freedom. That is it. I'm using my money to make more money and to grow my money, to scale my money. That's it. I'm starting now. I am not wasting my twenties is something that I do not want to do. So when people are trying to pull me on this side, like, no, it's easy for me to say no, because I know where I'm going. If I keep this up, if I keep the consistency, I'm like, I know exactly where I'm going. And when I have a wife and when I have children, the best thing that I can give them is time. And mm -hmm. why? Because I put my money to work and it is working for us every single day instead of me working for it. Yeah. You know? As they say, uh, everyone knows how to go to work for money. Everyone knows how to go to work for money. You know, very few people know how to save money, though. And very, very, very few people understand how to make money, make money. You see what I'm saying? So like you like 95% of American, 98% uh, of Americans, they know how to go out to work, clock in, clock out. They know how to go flip a, a, a business and, and make some money, mm -hmm. right? But very few people know how to save that money. Yeah. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you save, mm -hmm. you know? But that 1% or that point, 5%, they understand how to make their money, make them more money, put their money to work because money doesn't take days off. Money doesn't have holidays. Money doesn't get sick. Money doesn't call, you know, money doesn't say, Hey, I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like your money could be working for you 24 hours, seven days a week, depending on how you work it. What stopped me for a long period of time is I thought I needed to accumulate all this information in order for me to execute. I've uh, read about a lot about financial literacy. I read a lot about business, but the one thing that taught me the best is actually doing it and implementing it. Oh, bro, gee, check it out. Exactly, I was just thinking about this. What came first, the chicken or the egg? You know what I mean? Like what you just said is one of the stunts to most people's growth because they think they have to have all this knowledge before jumping in or you know what hey rudy that's easy for you to say because you got money or it's easy for you to say because you have businesses or you you know like no 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 no. like we all started from the same egg basically yeah what the only difference between you and i is the amount of risk that we were willing to take and how soon we were willing to go all in yes because you could take a risk, but you could be tippy toeing. Oh, the water's a little cold. Let me put my toe in. Let me put my let me put my foot in, and then let me get into my kneecaps, and then you know, then it's up to my waist. And ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out. Nah, you gotta jump all the way in. You know what I mean? And that's really what it is. Is like a lot of people think that like when I get this, then I'll get that. No, no, no. It's when you decide to get off your ass and get to work, yeah. right? Because the information is valueless without the implementation behind it. Execution cures it all, you know? Like accumulate information, but also sit back and put it to work, you know? Bro, even the Bible says, man, faith without work is what? Dead. What are the biggest complications that people have when it comes to their finances? One, fear of it, right? Like a lot of individuals, like I had a client a few months ago that said, hey, bring me your statements. We'll look at them over, you know? So she goes upstairs and she walks me down with like a, a, a Nike uh, shoe box. And I'm like, you're buying me shoes already? You know, she's like, no, nah, nah, these are all my statements. So she opens them up and I'm like, dude, they're, like they're all lined up in a Nike shoe box and none of them are open. And I'm like, why aren't they open? 
She's like, well, because they look like hieroglyphics when I open it. Number one, I don't understand. I get intimidated by it. And number two, I'm afraid to open it because I see losses. I see negatives. And this is my retirement savings. So this is money that I'm relying to have for the rest of my life when I decide to retire in the next 10 years. And I see all these negatives, you know. Um, so I think it's just, it's just, it's just, they're just afraid, you know. Like think about it. To find your location, GPS, everyone uses GPS nowadays. Oh, like, yeah. you know, we don't rely on like memory. Like how many phone numbers do you, do you know nowadays? Not, right? I, I remember, I, I mean, yeah, you know, your old, maybe your moms, maybe your, your, you know what I mean? Maybe your best friends, right? But at the end, at the end of the day, like if you ask someone that question again, 15, 20 years ago, like, boom, I know, boom, I got, the, I got the Rolodex in my, in my head. 110%. So it's all about just having the GPS financially like think about like if you wanted to travel from california to florida you're going to have a roadmap or a gps in place you're going to know what kind of weather you're going to be getting into so you're going to plan accordingly but most people plan more about their vacations than they do on their retirement planning and that's why they end up in mexico and canada when they're trying to get to florida you know they get off track that is a crazy thing that i've been seeing hearing lately not and seeing where people will go on vacation and they can't wait to go on vacation. And then, then when they come back from vacation, the one thing that they always say, now I'm broke. It's all about discipline. Yeah. That's kind of like what happened with me in my, in my career, my, you know, on the unfolding of my career, my businesses and whatnot, was there's so many times that I could have done this. I could have went that place. I, you know, I, I wasn't going on spring break with all my friends, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, when they were going on spring break, I was like grinding it out yeah. when they were going to the snow cabin, you know, to the cabin during the snow time. I was grinding it out. Like I, I had a family to provide for all my friends were like, Hey, they're still young. They want to go out to their party, have a good time. I had kids at a young age, so I had to provide, yeah. you know, I, I had a family to take care of. So it was a discipline where I, I needed to provide more than I wanted to go out there and party. Mm -hmm. But fast forward to now, it's like, they're starting their families. They're barely buying their houses. And I'm like, dude, I'm like pretty much retired. And I can do what I want when I want at a greater grand scale. Like I don't want to, I don't need to go to Rosarito. I can go to Costa Rica. And then from there I can fly to freaking Europe if I want, you know? And it's all because I've built hands-free businesses that operate without me having to be present 100% of the time. And that's real entrepreneurship. Isn't it crazy, brother, how you, um, you like, we were in a depressive state during 2007 to 2008, right? Right. And then fast forward, as the years go on, all the things that you've built, do you ever, like, take a step back and be like, man, like, you thank God and you're grateful for it all? Every day, bro. Always, always thankful to God, bro, for everything that he blessed me with. 100%. You know, but... I still pray for the, 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 I still pray for the strength to continue to move forward. Cause I know I'm not done yet. I, I know, I know there's more, I know he has a bigger plan for me. Mm -hmm. There's bigger shoes for me to fulfill. Yeah, crazy man. And like, that's another, another tribute that entrepreneurs have is they always want to do more because <laughs> there's always much more to do, man. Dude, I always say this, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, like, if I go hard in business, 
I'm going to go hard in the gym. If I go hard in the gym, I'm going to go hard when it's time to spend with my family. Like when I'm there, I'm there. When I'm present, I'm present. Like if I'm in the gym and I don't feel like I'm going to faint, I'm not getting up dizzy, then I'm not working out hard enough. Yeah, It's like coming back from work, you know, or from appointments or from a day of, of, of in the office. If I'm not coming back exhausted, when my head is hurting and it's like, dude, oh my God, I'm, I'm freaking tired. Mm-hmm. And I didn't put it all on the table. Yeah. Think about those people, like think about those, those those players, like in those athletes where they're like, we just lost by one point. Like how disappointing and depressing and like a shame that you should feel like, man, I we barely lost. Yeah, you barely lost because you didn't put it all on the table. You yeah. knew you had a little bit more in your tank, but you were either one withholding it till like last minute and last minute never came or two, you were just, being lazy for your financial services how do you stay multiple steps ahead when it comes to the other people in your field easy man just continue continuing to gain mentorship mm-hmm. like one thing that most people think is oh well you know you've already accomplished this so you're you don't need a mentor like my mentors continuously upgrade like the mentor i had two years ago is not the same mentor that i have now Either one, because maybe I surpassed where he or she is currently at and they got complacent. Mm. Or two, I learned what I needed from that individual. And now I'm taking advantage of another individual's intellectual property. So it's always gaining mentorship. Never think that you've arrived or you've made it. You know, and then also putting yourself in uncomfortable surroundings. And what I mean by that is through your associations. Yes. Like most people may not want to step in that room or come to this table because it's intimidating, mm. but that's the table that you need to be seated at. Yeah, That's the room that you need to be walking into. And then one is like walking into the room, just being a fly on the wall yeah. or walking into the room and then like demanding your presence to be known, right? Like letting people know this is who I am. These are the questions that I have. And this is the information I'm looking to gain from it. Like for an example, like if I'm going to walk into somewhere, I know what I already have an agenda of what I want to walk out with, what information. Like I'm gonna know, okay, this is the information that I want to gain because if I'm investing a time, like an hour of my time, I need to know that I'm gonna get something back. Mm-hmm. I may not be getting paid monetary, but with intellectual property, yes, I'm gonna gain something. If you're gonna use it for good information and good resources and good execution, or you're gonna just use it for bad execution. Mm-hmm. You know, because I need to know what my name's going to be tied to, number one. Yes. Like I had a guy slide into my DM one time and he's like, hey, I want you to mentor me. I'm like, okay, well, why do you want to get in the financial service industry? Mm. Like what motivates you? Yes. Some people go, oh, because I see all this person making this money or that money. All right. Well, then maybe, yeah, that, yeah, you can make all the money, but that's just a byproduct. Yes. From the, from the real motive should be I want to go out there and educate and help people yeah. when it comes to their financial services or their financial planning. And the money will just be a byproduct from it, mm-hmm. you know? What's probably one of the biggest success stories um, from the information that you provided to your clients and you were able to see the fruits of their success? Oh, all the time, bro. All the time. It's, it's, it's awesome when you can still, like, think about it like this. A lot of financial advisors, like when the market's doing bad, they're like hiding, they're not answering their phone calls. And that's when the clients are blowing them up. Like, hey, why did I lose this 20 grand? 
right? What's going on with my account? Why do I see all these negatives? So one of the biggest success stories is like with a lot of our products that we educate our clients on and put their monies in, they're market protected. So when yeah. the downturn of the market happens, they're not losing any equity. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about that is like, hey, Rudy, how's my account going? All my other colleagues are losing money. Yeah. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Remember I told you that this one has principal protection, mm -hmm. even on the downside? Yeah. So you can sleep at night knowing that you're not losing a single penny. Yes. So that's a huge success story in itself that I'm not hiding behind the bushes, you know, yeah, dodging. Do you, you, do you see, I'm, gonna, I'm sure you've seen that in the past and you kind of made that realization where, oh, I can't do this because I want to be there 110% for my clients. Yeah. I want to show up. I want to show up every day. Like, I, like, again, going off of that, like a lot of my clients who are teachers, just like this guy signed up, signed me up for this plan 10 years, five years ago, mm -hmm. and I haven't seen or heard from him or her. And I tell them like, well, I could tell you why, because look at your account is losing. <laughs> They're not going to call you and congratulate you on your losses, Man. right? And then when you call them asking them questions, they're not going to answer your call because they don't want to hear you yelling at them. Yeah. So is, is that we hear one of the, the biggest time. things for financial advisors? They just ignore clients. I'm not going to say that's the biggest, not every financial advisor. I don't want to speak on them, you know, I mean. But I mean, a lot of them will tell you like, hey, it'll come right back up. It'll come right back up. But sometimes you don't have that time to come right back up. Yeah. I think about all the individuals that want to retire in 2007 or eight or nine. And then 2006, the market crash. Jeez. Like they call their financial advisor. You think, oh, you have time. Dude, I'm 70 years old. I'm ready to retire already. I was supposed to be retired already. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day is like, Everybody has their risk tolerance. I'm not saying it's bad to invest. Do I invest? Yes, I invest. But it all comes down to the risk tolerance. Yeah. You know, and all, not only that, like diversification is also important. Not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yes. And again, you know, when you're not financially educated, you're going to take the advice from whoever is in the driver's seat trying to advise you. That's the crazy thing, man. And you don't know if that individual is looking out for their pocket or your pocket. Same your experience and you're a CEO as well. What makes a good CEO and what makes a terrible CEO? So my own personal opinion on that one is getting in the dirt with the with the players. Mm. Like for me, why I say I will be a good CEO is because I'm gonna get in the trenches with my guys. I'm not gonna be giving the orders. Yeah. I'm gonna be a do it first CEO. Yeah. Right. So, and, and in second is I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I haven't done already. Right. I'm not going to be on the throne saying, Hey, go do this, go do that. Make these phone calls, go knock on these doors, yeah. go visit this person. Right. If it's something that I haven't done already, I'm not going to direct you to go do it. Yeah. And so that's the difference in my opinion from a good CEO versus someone that's just a lazy CEO. How do you look at individuals when, say, you are partnering with them or you're doing business with them? What are the things that you look at? Integrity. Number one will be integrity. Number two, loyalty. Like, for an example, if I see that they're jumping from business to business to business or yeah. venture from venture, they're no longer doing this. It. Like, well, why? Yeah. What's going on there? What's broken? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that and then. Um, Yeah, more than anything is integrity. Like integrity is huge. And one of my things is is uh, discipline. 
So like yourself, good. you're a very productive man. I don't like to say busy. I like to say productive. Productive, yeah. Um, it's a difference. My favorite CEOs are the ones who are in shape. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big thing too. Do you see that a lot too when it comes to say businessmen and women or CEOs? They they prioritize their business and then never focus on their health and then their health declines. Mm -hmm. And then they're getting these hospital bills. Right. Do you see that a lot? I don't see it a lot, but I do see a lot more nowadays that these CEOs or these owners of companies are starting to be more health conscious, mm. you know? Um, a lot of people that I follow, they're really big in like, you know, working out, discipline, dieting, making sure that their health is good. Because again, at the end of the day, like what good is this business and all this money you're going to make if you're not going to be able to enjoy it past 60 years old? Yeah. Right? And so what got me going on the gym was I got scared. Like I never used to be a gym person. Like I was like, I eh, stay far from the gym. I don't got time for the gym. I want to do my business. I, I was never overweight or never looked unhealthy. But I was thinking of, I would rather be proactive than reactive. Yeah. Like I got to start taking care of my health now because mm. I'm not getting any younger and probably I'm not getting any healthier. Yeah. So if I don't start taking care of my health now with <clears throat> what I eat, how much I sleep, right? Uh, then eventually I'm going to regret it. Mm. I, I sleep probably about three to four hours a night. I swear. And to me, that's good. You know, I swear to you, bro. I can show you DMs. I was DMing friends last night at one o'clock in the morning. You look healthy as I woke box, up bro. at six o'clock this morning, bro. But the reason why I don't do that is think about think about Michael Jordan mm -hmm. showing up to that game yeah. with a hundred and something degree temperature. Yeah. He probably didn't get sleep that night. But that's the heart of a champion right there. Yeah. How many times do you think Kobe showed up when he didn't feel good? Right. Or, or like even like Joe Montana, you know, all these champions Brady. of their sport. Yeah, yeah. Brady. Right. All these champions of their sports. Yeah. They showed up one. No one. Hey, how much sleep did you get last night? Or, Hey, what's your temperature like? Or how do you feel <laughs> like, dude, these people are paying to watch me. I'm going to show up and I'm going to turn up mm. bottom line. Yeah. Number one, number two is can't measure the heart of a champion. Yeah can't put a limit to that no. the moment you start putting limits on that and you're doing that psychologically and you're telling your oh shit you're telling yourself that you're like hey i'm putting this limit you start losing yeah you start dominating yourself you know what i mean and 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 your biggest competition isn't your competitor wearing the other jersey your biggest competition is you the person that's looking back at you in the mirror every morning yeah you're gonna have to tell that person you know what this is why I'm not going to make no money today because I only got three hours of sleep, so I can't show up. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to tell yourself that. And then when your kids come up and say, Dad, can I get this or can I get that? No, you can't. Well, why not? Well, because I only got two hours of sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> right? I only got three hours of sleep last night. Mm -hmm. So I can't take you to that theme park or we can't go, you know, get that Happy Meal for you or we can't get you that toy. Yeah. Like I'll take all the no's. Like I don't care if I show up half asleep with my hair all jacked up, right? Mm. But I would rather take the no than give the no to my kids. Yeah. And I think that's what Jordan, Brady, all these Titans, Elon, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, name them, Warren Buffett, all these guys, they have a not even a crazy mindset. It's like a killer mentality. You bro, have to have it. Yeah. Have they have to. rhino skin, bro. Like the freaking like you could throw anything at them and they're not gonna get sidetracked. They're laser focused 
on their vision. Focus, follow one course until it's successful. Yes. They're focused on what their outcome is. And here's the deal, bro. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about this um, on the 7th. But if you think about like how people think, like the time frame, success is all about time. It's about time frames. So like poor people, they think about yesterday or last month, right? Like we talked about earlier, right? Last year I did this. Okay, well, what about now? So poor people are always living in the past, right? And then like you talk about people like that are making like maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They're thinking about like, okay, by the end of this year, I'll do this or this is my goal for this year. And you talk to some millionaires and they're like, okay, in the next five to 10 years, this is my goal. I'll be a millionaire. Or I'll do this. or I'm going to have this many businesses or this many streams of income. But if you talk to billionaires, they think about lifetimes. Bro. They're, not, they're not even worried about their, like what I'm going to get. They're thinking about generations. Gener yes. You see what I'm saying? So it's all a men mental state. All a mental state. So, like, if you're thinking about, well, well, you know, this year I'm going to do this, or the, you already lost. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not already goal planning for 2024, like right now is what November 29th. We talked about that too. How we're already at 2024. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We talked about that the other day on the <laughs> phone, dude. Like, and I was actually just doing a call with some of my sales reps, and I'm like, dude, if you already need to be putting your vision board together, yeah. you already need to be putting your goals down together. Business, religious goals, fitness goals like everything, savings goals. Mm -hmm. Like you want to get crystal clear on all of your goals. Well, we're not done with 2023 yet. I don't care. We're already in 2024. And if you're yeah. still in 2023, you're already behind the cart. Yes. So I'm already in 2024. I'm like literally putting myself in the position where it's like, oh, I already have children at home. I already have nice. a wife. Yeah, I'm already putting myself mentally in those shoes where it's like, oh, things are being put aside. Things are being put to work. Things are going here. Things are going there. I have to. And you know what? By doing that, you're already visualizing the type of lifestyle you want, yeah. like what you want to do with your children, where you want to travel with your children. And because you're already visualizing that, you're already throwing it out into the universe. Yeah. You see, like I always told myself, I want to be a 40-year-old with a, with a young son. Dude, my son's eight years old. I'm 40 years old. It's like, you know, I want to be that dad that's like, you know, not too old, but not too young, but just I can do whatever the heck I want. Yes. And I would always think about that. That's the kind of dad I want to be. That's the kind of dad I want to be. And it just happened. Yeah. So whatever you put your attention to, the energy will flow in that direction. The, like someone asked me, how do you have so many businesses? I have five businesses. You know, and the reason why is because every business has a system and a procedure. And on top of that system and procedure, I have a team of individuals that can work in each business. Mm -hmm. That That's their specialty. That's their niche. Yeah. Like, hey, if it's in agriculture, like I got a group of individuals that that's all they focus on is agriculture. They know my expectations. They know how I want my image and my branding to be. And they just focus on that. Yeah. You know, when it comes to like the financial service business, you know, with my teachers or even capital pensions and insurance solutions, it's like I got a good group of individuals who can go out there and continue with the workflow without me having to be present. Yes. And then once you get those systems and procedures in place and you know it's automated, like hands-free, you can start focusing on another venture. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, the average multimillionaire has seven streams of income. So how do you do that? Because they say you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. So you master one by one 
by one, yes. by one, mm-hmm. by one. And by doing that, you'll be able to be a jack of all trades and a master of all. Yes. 110%. And at the end of the day, like you're not a master of like, I don't want to be the master of like, I want to be the master of the coach. I want to be the master of like delegating. Hey, this is what we need to get done. I want to be the master of motivating. I want to be the master of like directing individuals on what they need to do. I don't care to be on the the field plane, but I care about being the coach, yeah. calling the, the place, mm-hmm. right? Does that kind of trip you out too? Like where you're able to put yourself in these positions where people are looking at you as like a leader and as a mentor. And you had mentors. You were that guy, that young guy saying like, looking up at these people, asking for all this information. Now it's reversed where people are asking you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts, man. But I still ask a lot of questions, man. I still got mentors that I'm over there asking. It's just the questions got different. The conversations got different. Yeah. The locations where we meet at are different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just a different conversation, yeah. but I'm still seeking information. I'm still gaining knowledge. I'm still growing mm-hmm. because in order for me to scale from, you know, 50 to a hundred sales reps from a hundred to 250, like at the end of the day, it's just the amount of information that I'm gaining mm-hmm. and the implementation that I have to put in. Cause the same thing that I asked for my mentees, I got it. I'm going to, I'm a mentee to some individuals yeah. and I have to implement the same. Yes. Right. Because the speed of the leader is the speed of the pack. So if I'm not implementing at a rapid pace, yeah. at the speed of instruction, then how do I expect my team to do it? How do I expect my sales people to do it? My sales reps. If you're not growing, you're dying, yes. right? So the moment you think you know it all, done. the moment I say, get out of the room, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to deal with you. Like, you know what I mean? If you can't move, here's the deal. If you cannot remove your ego, you cannot remove your pride and you cannot have the thinking cap to want to learn more yes then we cannot have a conversation something that i've always like noticed that i've ever done like growing up always put myself in a position where it's like i'm sitting around people who are better than me and i still continue to do that even to this day there's nobody in this house but you and i Mm -hmm. and it is an honor for me to sit beside you why because you are better than me you got to sit with people who are just better than you in all areas. People yeah. who are, say, smarter than you, who are more, say, dangerous than you, who are more uh, quick and savvier than you, people who are executing at a different level than you. You have to sit around those people if you want to upscale your life. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, and everybody has their strength in different areas. Yeah. You know, and I'm always constantly learning, like, this podcast setup. It's like, this is legit. I walk in here, I'm like, man, this is freaking awesome, <laughs> right? I need to start a podcast. You'd be but freaking I, phenomenal at it, brother. What's so that? You'd be phenomenal. At I know. It. I like to be an interviewer. I like yeah. to interview people. I like oh, to gain God. the, pull the information out of individuals and see where their mentality is, where their mindset is, you know? Yeah. But I mean, we're all learning from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you say, it's an honor for you to be sitting with me. It's same, throw it right back at you. It's an honor to be sitting here with you and being able to be invited to be on this podcast, mm-hmm. right? But it's all about just bringing the value to your, to your listeners and to gain more traction. Yes. That's the motive right there. Mm-hmm. And if we can help one aspiring entrepreneur to flip the switch in their mind to go all in, then we've done our job. Yes. Right? Because someone did it for you and someone did it for us. Whether they know it or they don't know it, someone pushed us into that direction 
to go all in. Yeah. Right. And you might not even like, like it's crazy. I was thinking about it like probably about five years ago. I was like, man, who was that person for me? Right. Because again, I'm 40 years old back in 2002 and three, when I got into like business on my own, we did not have social media. We had MySpace, and that was like a dating app, basically, right? <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, let's listen to what these people are doing about flipping houses and yes. you know how to we'll start a business and get an LLC and get an S corp and how to like shelter money from the IRS, right? Like mm. we have it now. Yes. So we did not like. What's an entrepreneur? We weren't throwing that word around like it's now. It's like thrown around so much. It's like a dirty sponge. Yeah. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Yeah, right. So what's, you know, back then it was like I had a mentor, but I did not know that he was a mentor. Mm -hmm. I was just dumb to follow him yeah. and learn from his mistakes and see what he was doing. Like he wasn't mentoring me directly. He was indirectly mentoring me. Yes. So I was just in his back pocket. How does he go rent an office? Okay, what are the questions he asks? How does this work? Dude, I'm 22 years old. I, I like... How do you rent an office? How do you buy a house? Yeah. So I was just a fool to stay glued to him and traveled with him mm -hmm. for a couple of days at a time when he would allow me to. Yeah. But he did not know he was mentoring me and I did not know that he was mentoring me. Yes. But I was willing to make the sacrifice. And now that I look back and I'm like, dude, that was the individual who planted the seed of entrepreneurship. Well, no, I'm not, let me take that back. He was not the individual who implanted the seed, but he was the individual who gave light and water to it. So that way, when fast forward a few years later, when I'm looking for offices, I'm like, hey, I remember what he did. I remember, you know, what questions he asked, how to sign a lease agreement, how to negotiate a lease agreement. What's yes. a, what are like, you know, what's a three year versus a two year? What are, you know, so I learned all of that just by, just by being dumb enough and just listening. Yeah. So like one of the, one of the, 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 one of the, how can I say this? Like one of the biggest attributes to like my success was my stupidity to just stay and don't quit Yeah. and be a student. That's it. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that was really it. And, and just push through the pain. Because there was a lot of pain that came my way. I remember like people, like I didn't always have like people rooting for me. Like majority of the people were like going against me mm -hmm. and I was just pushing through that pain. Yeah, I believed in myself. That's all that mattered. Yes. You know, yeah. little victory after how, like, how do you win the major battle? The little victories along the way. They stack up all the little wins and they end up turning into big results. You know, going back to how you were saying that um, everybody believes that they're an entrepreneur in your experience, what defines an entrepreneur? So what defines entrepreneur, bro, is like someone who can really create a business from scratch. Yeah. Because a lot of people jump into these like network marketing businesses, you know what I mean? And then they call themselves an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But no, you're not. You did not create the system. You did not create the platform. You did not buy the CRM. You did not build the relationships with those companies that you're using to sell their products. You're not, you're not an entrepreneur just because you get a 1099 at the end of the year, right? But an entrepreneur is someone who says, Hey, I have this vision. And then now I'm gonna turn that vision into something that's 
a reality of a business. And I'm going to build the relationships with those people. I'm building the bridge to be able to sell that company's product. Yeah, I'm going out there and putting the blueprint in place as far as the principles go to be able to run the business. You know, so I really believe like as an entrepreneur is someone who can build, who who has or will build a business from scratch. Even if you're even if you're taking away from somebody else's idea, but you're making it better. Yes. But you're not you're not saying, Hey, I'm gonna jump into something that's already kind of functioning and working and I'm an entrepreneur because yeah. I get a ten ninety nine. Like, no, no, it's not how it works. Yes. Like for example, like you could partner up with the right company mm-hmm. and they can give you ownership in that company. Yes. Right? But it's already a company that's been built. Yeah. It's a company that already has reputation in that industry. Yes. And if you weren't part of building that reputation and it's already built, then brother, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not an entrepreneur because there were forefathers before you who built the way. Those are the entrepreneurs. You just got into the the system and like in the whirlpool and, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and made some money. But I, but I got a sales team and I got it. Yeah. But you did not create the system. And I really appreciate uh, slow growth. It makes me really appreciate the journey much more because if I was, if I got it all handed to me, I wouldn't respect it. If I didn't invest, I wouldn't respect it. So like when they say like, there's that stat where people who win the lotto, they lose it within the same year because they didn't grow it themselves. You know, they lost it. They didn't know, they didn't understand the value of it and they spend recklessly. They have no discipline. They're very right. undisciplined when they see that number. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go crazy. It's the same thing with it comes to like, say, a CEO or a successful family business, but it gets passed down to their children and their children don't know the fundamentals of business, systems, everything. And then it crumbles. Right. You know, so it's almost like you do have to build it from the with your bare hands because you kind of appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, you know, and oh, you yeah. show up for it more. Yeah, just think about it. Like, would you rather buy a car, like a custom car, like let's say a classic car? Mm-hmm. Would you rather buy a classic car already built, painted, the chassis all done, the engines all done? Like, yeah, it looks beautiful. It's it's a it's a masterpiece. Yes, and you're driving it. But I know the next guy next to you, the guy parking next to you, who actually built that car from scratch, who got the sandpaper and sanded it down and painted it and worked on the engine and got dirty you know hit his knuckles against the engine a couple of times as he was trying to release that nut or that bolt yeah like that guy he's driving the same car you are but he's respecting it a little bit differently yes you see and and when you when you build something from scratch you respect it you appreciate it more you value it more yeah and then you know it's full potential like you can really push the business to its limits yes because you built it and that's one of the things I say, like on the business that I've built. Yeah. You know, like, every, like for example, like Pete's coffee and Starbucks coffee, they both serve coffee they both have the same system basically, but yeah. they have a different flavor. They have a different way of catering to their clientele. Right. Mm-hmm. And so with my businesses that I've built, I know the amount of measures that I can go or like, I know the amount of measures I can go out and push because I know their capabilities. Yes. I know how far I can push it before it really starts to bend Yeah. and then bust, right? I don't mind it bending because that's how you grow. 
but I don't want it to bust. So you have, you said you had five businesses, correct? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that all the systems specifically for that, those businesses are all pretty much very different, but what are, what would you say when it comes to the core systems that people should be implementing into their business? So they're all different because they're different industries. Yes. So finance, agriculture, agriculture, e-commerce, yeah. and then house, like real estate development, like flipping. Yeah. For me, it's all about pushing out the product. Mm -hmm. So in my agriculture is like, okay, how do we get that strawberry off the plant and then into the box and then into the consumer's hand? Yes. And then with insurance and, you know, it's like, how do I get the information out in front of a prospect yes. to be able to sell them a life insurance plan? Or how do I sit in front of a client, a prospect, to be able to help them move over their retirement assets? Yes. So the systems is basically just how to push out a product because you don't make money if you don't push out the product, Yeah. right? As long as the product is on, is on the shelf, you ain't gonna make no money. So every system has to have an end result. And the end result is how do I reciprocate a product for an income for me or for or, or revenue for the company yes right yeah. so all my systems have to have a beginning and have to have an end mm -hmm. right common sense but how do i make that product the best that i can make it to where i can get the biggest return and for the value and i know you're a man of say tracking everything yeah so when it comes to all your businesses, uh, which ones give you the greatest gains and which ones gives you the biggest headaches? Yeah, <laughs> bro, that's a good question right there. Okay, so the biggest gains is gonna be my financial service business. Yes. That's actually the bloodline of all my businesses. Like that business f has funded all my other businesses. So like the financial service industry is, is literally no joke. <laughs> Right, like it's created the most millionaires. I mean, it's it funded my real estate flipping business. It's fu funded my agriculture business. Like, that's like the the major artery that's f flowing out the capital. Okay, so the best business that I have, I would say, is my financial service businesses. And the beautiful thing about financial services is that it's also like a residual income. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So like, I'm still getting paid on clients that I helped four, five, six, seven, ten years ago. I'm still getting a, 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 a commission off of that. Mm -hmm. So that's hands-free, no headaches. And it's to the point where I've developed other leaders within our organization where now they're carrying the flags. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about it. When you have individuals who have the same vision of you as you do, and they have the same goal and end result that you have, and they want to go out there and chase it with you. Yeah. You know, you take care of them and they're going to help you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that's the biggest one. That's the best. My, 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 my like, that's right my baby. Butter. That's my baby right there. <laughs> right. Um, the one with the headaches, I would say is the agriculture, mm -hmm. you know, because you can't control mother nature and she can be a <laughs> sometimes. Right. So when it comes to mother nature, I mean, like, you don't know if it's going to rain, you know, if it's going to be too sunny. And, and then it's like, you have to like, okay, do, do we have to water? Do we have to irrigate? Do we have to fertilize? So with, with agriculture, that's been the biggest pain mm -hmm. because then also you can't control the elements of the dirt of the fertilizer. Is it going to, is it going to grasp the, is the plant going to grasp it? Are you giving enough food to the roots? Mm -hmm. Right? Because there's a lot of, uh, of unknown that's happening underneath the dirt. Yeah. 
in agriculture. And so that's the biggest headache. Yes. You know, because you don't know how the weather's going to be. You don't know how the dirt's going to take, you know, the, the ground, if it's good ground to be planting on or, or bad ground. You don't know if you're going to have enough water, right? So there's too many variables of uncertainty yes. that you can't control. So that's why it's the biggest headache business. And I know from, you were saying from 2007 to 2008, where you were in this state where you just weren't yourself. Um, and then after that, you got into your entrepreneurial state. During that journey, was there ever a time where some of your businesses or one specifically where it was almost close to failing and you almost like pretty much like, oh my God, I'm almost going back to that state where I was in 2007, 2008. Yeah, the financial services. So I was, I've been doing financial service for, since about 2009, I got involved in it, but it's, it took, it took a long time to start up, long time to start up, you know, cause I, again, I, I did not know, a, I didn't know anything about like life insurance and annuities and retirement planning. And I had to learn a whole new lingo, but yeah, I mean that, that, that took forever. And so as it was like scaling and then it would downsize and it was scaled and downsize and then all the negative, like, oh, you'll never make it. You know, everyone's telling you like. Oh, you know, told you, I told you, you know, um, and then I, the comp, I was with a practice company. So like when it comes to financial services, I was with a practice company before, you know, and I learned a lot from that practice company. I was with them for about six years, you know, but it came to a point where I knew I wasn't going to grow there or I didn't like the environment. I didn't like the, the politics. And so that's why I, basically said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go start my own. Yeah. And that's where I spun off and started my own from scratch. You know, I yeah. took some of the business model from there and I just enhanced it to my liking. Yes. Why? Because everything that you can take the good, leave the bad, mm -hmm. you know? And so for the longest time, it was just me solo perfecting it, perfecting it. So I took about a few years to perfect it. And then once I perfected it to how I think it, you know, I could start scaling it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's still a little wobbly, so you know. But you don't you don't know unless you try it. Yes. So I started. Then I started scaling. I started attracting other individuals, and then I started seeing them see success. Yeah. Like, okay, this is starting to work. I and, love that where people are say working jobs or working for somebody, and they notice systems, and they're like, I I see what they're doing. I'm just gonna do a little bit differently and better. Yeah. More polished. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the core attributes that entrepreneurs have. They like to observe people and they like to observe things of what's going on. And like, I like what this is going on, but how could I scale it my own? And, and someone listening to this might be like, ah, they, they could be hating on what we just are talking about. Like, nah, you're, you just say you're an entrepreneur, but you're not an entrepreneur. You took someone's idea, bro, <laughs> Elon Musk. I mean, he didn't create the car, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. He ain't fled Flintstone, right? I mean, he has made the car better, right? Yes. Like, think about it. Like, uh, Apple, they 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 didn't create the cell phone, by the way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They just made it better, right? Um, Dre, he didn't create earphones. He just made them better with Beats, yes. right? So at the end of the day, it's like you're just enhancing what's already there. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're enhancing it, there's opportunity for growth. Yes. Like say Netflix, like Blockbuster was putting out movies. I loved going Blockbuster when I was yeah. a kid. Netflix came, Blockbuster out. Yeah. 
That's what then, happens when you refine. And then things. what happened to, okay, so then block, wait, you, you said, what was that? Block, uh, Blockbuster and Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. No, so actually it was, it was Blockbuster, then Redbox. That's right. And then Redbox right. got kicked out by Netflix, <laughs> yes. right? Is that crazy, right? It, it, how it trends. Yeah. But the same thing happened with what Uber and taxis, transportation. Crazy. Uber took them out. Like, like it's crazy. Like I remember when Uber started to like really take off. Mm -hmm. I was in Vegas, and we got a taxi. And I'm like, hey, how's business? Oh, it's slow. What do you mean it's slow? It's Vegas, dude. Like you remember when you go to Vegas, you see nothing yeah. but taxis. Oh, and I'll be like, what do you mean it's slow? We're in Vegas. Like, dude, since Uber came around, That's like crazy. taxis are obsolete. So it's just all about making a service, a product, or just even a distribution of that product more efficient. Yes. Like Netflix did to Redbox and Redbox did to Blockbuster. Yes. They didn't create the movies. They, they just distributed it a little bit more easier yeah. to individuals. Yes. And why do you think Amazon is always, the numbers are always higher when it comes to Walmart, Target, Costco, all these other places because it's people's convenient. They could sit at home. What do I want to shop for? It's on their phone. Bro, there's three things that you need to have for business, for any business to flourish. The first thing you need to have is a freaking kick-ass product, right? You need to have a good product, right? That's number one. Number two, you need to have the right time. Like I could be selling this cold bottle of water <laughs> in the rain for a dollar a bottle and no one's going to buy it. But then I could take the same product. I have a product. So remember, the first thing is a product. I can take this product and I can sell it in the right time on the beach in the summer. And I could probably get $4 a bottle. Yes. Right? Same bottle of water, but just different time. And then the third thing you need to have. So we have product, timing. And the third thing you need to have is distribution channel. Because now if it's just me selling waters out of my ice chest on the beach, I might sell 20 bottles and make money. Yeah. But what if I have 20 people selling 20 bottles? So my distribution channel just increased. Yes. Yeah, I have a little bit more overhead, but my revenue is a lot more higher because I'm distributing more at a rapid, at a rapid pace. Yeah. That's what Amazon did to Walmart, their distribution channel. They just re-evolutionized the distribution. And again, it comes down to product. Why is Tesla so great? They re-evolutionized the distribution. That's why there was a waiting list for mm -hmm. seven, eight months even a year for a damn Tesla. Why? Think about Tesla truck. The Cybertruck's barely coming out. And the, the release was like two years ago. But people were on that waiting list. Why? Uh, it's the, the product. The, it's the future. It's the future. And it's like, I love, say, innovation when it comes to companies like Elon. I think it was a couple of years ago where he went up to Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. He was like, hey, I want to buy Apple. Tim Cook took that as very disrespectful. He just pretty much gave him the finger and said, F off, get yeah. out of here. And then Elon was like, okay, I'm gonna make a phone. And then Tim Cook's like, you know what? I'm gonna make a car. But at the end of the day, it's, it's creating the identity in that marketplace. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's huge. Like you're creating an identity that's larger than a brand. Yes. Because a brand is, is one thing, but the identity, like think about it. You could see like the golden arches and you're like, that's McDonald's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Like you can see the little Apple emblem, you know, that's Apple. Yes. You know, you can see the Nike swish, not even say Nike, you know, that swish is Nike. Mm -hmm. And you think like, that's the identity of it. Yeah. You know, the brand is strong, but the identity of just that logo, 
you know and then not only that like what you said about the competition yeah. that drives performance so competition isn't bad yeah like people don't like competition i don't know why i i, I embrace it. competition i love it so give it to right? me, especially man. being a fighter right like shoot Jesus. So i'm all about com competition like bring it on like yes. here's the deal if i go to compete with someone like if i told you hey brother we're gonna go, we're gonna compete on like who can read the most books in a month or like financial services or better podcasts viewers yes. whatever it may be yes i'm only gonna compete with you because i respect you yes i'm only gonna compete with individuals who i believe that one i respect and number two i believe can bring the best out of me 100%. if i do not believe that you can bring the best out of me then i'm not gonna compete with you i still may respect you Ooh, yes but i respect you to a measure of like a you're not even like up to par in your arena. Yes. But if I'm like, dude, I want like, why do you think about who, who you want to fight next? Wh whoever has the belt. This guy. Give me that guy. Yeah, he's I ranked, want. He's ranked number two or number one. I'll oh, give me yeah, him. Give I me him. <laughs> why? Because I respect that person, number one. And number two is because I want that belt yes. or I want that seat. I want mm -hmm. that position. You know, but it's going to make you train harder. It's going to make you, you know, train longer. And it's going to make you bring the best out of you. I had an individual on my other podcast tell me that. He's like, I'm coming for your spot respectfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my head, and it's something that I tweeted, I said, uh, I think I have an unfair advantage uh, for people who say want to challenge me because my former profession, which was fighting, that was killed or be killed. Right. That's a different kind of competition where people, like I said in the beginning, people are looking you dead in the eye saying, I'm going to kill you in front of your family, friends and family legally. And you sign a paper for that. Like yeah. if I die in the cage, I, my family cannot touch you, cannot sue you. So once wow. like, you're signing that paper. So when I say get challenged, I take that mentality and that concept with me also. It's like, Hey man, this is do or die for me. Yeah. I have that ability to do the extra. And I don't think you have that killer mentality like how I do. Cause I, not only do I have social proof, but I've been there and I've done it. Yeah. And if you want to challenge me and try to get me there, man, I'm going to put you in a place where you're playing catch up all day. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know? it's the heart of the champion. Yes. Heart of the champion. You know, 100%, 100%. Most people think, hey, I got these degrees. I got these acc accolades. Like those don't mean nothing when you measure the heart of a champion because yeah. at the end of the day, you can have all that paper on the wall. And that means nothing. Yes. You know, so, and, and again, like competitions, like I love that, that killer instinct that you have is like, dude, you sink or swim, fight or flight, like dead or alive. Like you're going to have to come get this victory from my dead hands. Yeah. Like, cause I'm going to give it all on the line. I'm going to get, put it all on the table. Also, it's like, you know, yeah, you may be in a different chapter than they are. Like maybe like you're in chapter 10 of your arena, like a, like in podcasts, like you're, you're more advanced. Like they're just starting. Yes. But the disadvantage that you have is like, they could basically copy your blueprint already and then do it in half the time. Yes. But that's going to put more pressure on you to be like, I'm not going to let off the gas. Yeah. Like when you take Sundays off, I'm not taking Sundays <laughs> off. No days off. When you take Thanksgiving off, I'm only going to take half the day off and then get back to work. I'm not taking Black Friday off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was my mentality for a while. Was like, you know what? I'm going to work weekends. I'm going to work weekdays. I'm going to work holidays. Like, I'm going to miss birthdays. Like, yeah. my family knew it. Like, I had a mission. I had to, like, play catch up. I was yes. playing, like, if my... If I, I was playing, like, if I was running out of time. For me, like, when I mentor people, I always, I always want you to be better than me. 110%. I, like, that's my goal. Like, if I'm going to take you on as a mentee, it's because I want you to do better than me. Yeah. Like there's no envy or ego. Like I'm going to be humble enough to give you what I know. Yes. 
but I want you to be better than me. Now, does it happen? Probably not. Yeah. Unfortunately. But do I believe in what I tell them? And like, do I honestly want them to be better than me? Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. 99.9% of the people, you could give them the blueprint to success. To success. You can give them the blueprint to success and they will not take it and they will not do the work. Yeah. That's I've, that. I've noticed that. You know? So I'm never afraid. Like I was telling one of my guys, he asked me, he's like, hey, um, I'm going to jump on the Zoom and train this. Um, like It's like one of his other, it's like a, it's like another team within our organization. You know, we have like little teams and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to train this team some of my secrets. What do you think? Like, do you think I should show them everything? I'm like, bro, show them everything. It's like, you sure? Like, I don't want to show them all my, 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 my secrets, you That's know? Crazy. I'm like, show them everything. He's like, okay. I'll be coachable to you. I was like, you know why? He's like, because I'm like, most people aren't going to even listen to what you're saying and they're not going to implement it for that matter. Right. Yeah. So I was like, just give it, leave it, leave it all on the line. And I, somebody actually DM'd me yesterday and I posted it on my story where they were asking a specific formula and system on how I am posting religious content with ease. Mm. And I led him, I was telling the individuals, like, you need to set a day or days where you're, creating content and editing content. If you are a creator, um, it's like a job, there's systems, there's formulas in time where you're doing things, different tasks at times and specific days. I was like, and if you don't feed it, it's not going to feed you. Right. I've given a blueprint a lot when it comes to say podcasting, I give out free game all the time, but I've always noticed, um, when you kind of just give it freely, it's the respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, if you want actually long-term sustainable value, it's almost like you need to pay for mentorship. Right. If I see somebody with a specific service that I want to learn from or or be able to execute upon, and if I see the value, I don't look at the cost. I look at the like ROI. Another story where somebody wanted to use a space to record. Phenomenal speaker, but wanted to use a space freely. This was a big investment on my end. These All this equipment this room, everything, and you want to be able to do what I do in the right amount and as much as consistency as I'm doing, and you want that done free. Right. Doesn't work that way. No. Doesn't work that way. And then they scram yeah. when they when the investment talks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sometimes you know, you know you you know the uh, value of that friendship, Yeah. right? Is it going to cost me $500? Like if I lend you 500 bucks and you never pay me back, it's like, okay, well, it took me $500 to know how valuable this friendship was. And it's better I, I lost $500 than any more of my time or any more of my money. Crazy, right? <laughs> if, if I if I know a family member, a friend who has a business, a product that they are selling, I am buying full price. Right. Oh, 100%. I hate when people say, hey, I'm a homie discount. <laughs> no, I'm going to pay you what you normally charge yeah. because I'm your homie. Like, I'm not going to cheat your business. Like... If you're a barber, okay, great. Hey, hook me up. What do you mean hook you up? Like half price? No, no. I'm going to give you 100% of what you normally charge. And I'm still going to tip you like I normally would any other barber. Why? Because at the end of the day, I respect your hustle. And I want to, I want to, I want to, um, I want to give into it. I want to deposit into your success. Yes. I don't want to cheat your success. Like, cause you'll never get successful if you have all these homies wanting to get the homie hookup no. or the, the friend hookup. Like, nah, if I was going to pay that full price with a stranger, I'm going to pay that full price with you. 
And I think business uh, men and women, entrepreneurs, they know that. They are willing to invest in their people because they know the sacrifice that they, because they've created something with their bare hands. Right. And when they see other people daring to be great, they're going to support that. Yeah. Winners support other winners. All day. I'm same here, man. I, I don't do too many podcasts. Like a lot of people have asked me, hey, come jump on this podcast. But sometimes I respectfully decline it, mm. maybe because of time or just because, I, I don't know, I'm just, you know, I'm very selective. Yeah. But Thomas spoke very highly of you. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, all right. So then when we jumped on that phone call, I was like, dude, this guy's from Salinas or like the 831 area. Like we have same stomping grounds. Like, okay, yes. we're gonna we're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna put it on this one, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh but no, I I'm 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 all about giving. Yeah. Giving information, giving time if I see valuable value in it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like valuable, like monetary or even just like any ROI for me, but in someone else. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is I love helping people and see them grow. That's yes. where I'm at in my in my position where I'm at. It's not about the money. It really isn't. Right? That's a good byproduct. But my number one thing why I wake up every morning is because I want to help others achieve their dreams and their goals. That's re the reality of it. Like yes. you can I can look you down in the eyes and tell you I want to see others win. I don't care if you're in my business. I don't care if you're a competitor of my business. I don't even care if you're in a different industry. Yes. But I want to see you win. Why? Because at the end of the day, we need more winners in our community. 110%. Like real winners. I don't want a participation trophy winner. I want a real winner. Someone who is like this person put in the work and they deserve that victory 100%. Right? Yes. So that's where I'm at. Like I'm all about. That's why like. My agents will call me at 6.30 in the morning. They'll call me at 10 o'clock at night mm -hmm. and I'll answer because they're my customers. Yeah. Like I treat, like I have customers that I sell products to like life insurance and financial services and stuff like that. But then also my agents that I'm mentoring, they're my clients, you know? So I have to provide for them. I have to be there for them. Yeah. If not, someone else will. You know what I love to do? I've had so many people on my podcast because I have, I have two shows. I promote people in the content space. I'm in the content space. I promote people in the podcast space. I'm in the podcast space. I promote people in the fitness space. I'm in the fitness space. <laughs> All of a sudden, a friend asked me like, isn't it kind of weird that you're promoting other people that are in the same space as you? I was like, no, because we're all doing it a different flavor. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, Everybody's exactly. doing it their own style, yep. you know? And that's like, like you said, Pete's Coffee and Starbucks. Same system nearly, but yeah. different flavor. Yeah. And you're gonna go with who provides you the best service and who you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could have a you could have a Pete's coffee, and you can have a Starbucks right next to it. Yes, and you see that happening all the time, right? Where there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King, right? Where there was a Blockbuster, there was a Hollywood Video, right? They're yeah. always gonna be next to each other. Always. But at the end of the day, is like where you feel comfortable putting your dollars. Yes, and who's gonna give you the best service, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, it's crazy. Like in my practice company, it was like us against every other company. It was like, if you're not wearing our company color logos, right? You're our arch enemy, right? It's, it's dumb, right? Like, oh, you're with this company. Oh, we hate you. Or you have that product. You're dumb. Like yeah. it was just, it was just like a poor person's mentality. Mm -hmm. But the moment I left that company and I started doing my own company and I built it, it's crazy. Like one of my, one of my, one of my best friends in the business, he's from LA 
he he basically runs a whole different operation than I do. We're competitors, but we give game to each other all the time. And we don't hate on each other. Like, I don't profit off of him. He doesn't profit off of me. But we're still, hey, dude, when you're in town, you can stay at my house. Hey, if you're in town, you can stay at my house. Or yeah. let's go grab lunch. Let's rub shoulders. Let's share ideas. Let's how we can help each other's business grow. Because we come from a wealth mentality. Yes. We come from a wealth mentality, not a poverty mentality. It takes a village. And if you think you can do it all by yourself, you've lost. 100%. percent lost. 100%, bro. I mean, in the beginning, I think you need to learn, say, the systems and like know how they work. That way, you know who to recruit and right. bring in the right people. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, and only that, like, you got to make sure your boat's not sinking. So you don't, so if, if, if worst case, if it were to sink, yeah. you're the only casualty in it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yes. I would hate to have like 10 people in there who are like, I'm carrying like Daniel on my shoulders, your family, your kids, let's just say, right? And like, they're all my shoulders. Like, I'm like, oh shit, but I'm still trying to figure this out. Like, there's a point to do that and there's a point not to do that. You know, yes. so I want to make sure my boat's at least sailing yes. or at least maybe not sailing in any direction, but at least it's staying up afloat. Yes. And then I'll start throwing some people in and then, hey, maybe we all need to grab a paddle and we paddle together, Yes. you know? And then as we all paddle together, we're all putting in the, 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 the grit, we're all succeeding together. That's one of my mentors always told me, he's like, man, never forget that it takes a village. Like you need to learn how to like delegate things. Like you cannot do it. You can do it by yourself for a specific amount of time, but when things scale, you need help. Yeah, 100%. And I'm starting to realize that too, where it's like, me and my brother, we're an army of two right now. We're doing this production company. We're doing this media company. And is it a lot of work? Is it a lot of tasks? Is it a lot of people who are asking for unorthodox things? Absolutely. But it, it gives us the ability to uh, grow and to adapt. Right. And that's what I love, where it's like, I'm being put in this room. I'm being put in this spot. It's like, oh, how are we going to adjust? Yeah. Well, the lighting's a little bit different. Oh, these people are asking for this. Oh, they want to edit this way. We got to adapt. We got to change. We got to do, we right. have to innovate. We cannot yeah. do it. No, we got to do it like us because we're used to that. No, right, no, right. No, 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 no. Yeah. You got you to gotta innovate uh, according to your clients. Yes. And number two, you got to have a team in place. Like anything, like you're only as strong as your horsepower. Yeah. And if it's just you, you have some horsepower. If it's you and a partner, you have some more, you have more horsepower. But if it's you and five others, you have more, even more horsepower. Yeah. What is that horsepower going to do? It's going to help you get to your destination in a quicker fashion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the quicker you get to your destination, the more money you make. Yes. The more clients you can service. Yes. Right. So it's all about having a team. That's why in all my businesses, I have teams in place. Like in my agriculture business, it's not me. I'm not driving the tractors. I'm not yeah. the one, you know, laying down the irrigation pipes and watering the, the strawberries. No, I got a group of solid individuals who are reliable, who I can count on, who have integrity, who are out there every day doing what they have to do. And do I take care of them? Heck yeah. Yes. Right. But am I out there every day by their side? No, mm -hmm. I am not. Yes. But I have a team in that area. Then in my, you know, house flipping, we have a team of individuals who basically, I'm not the one hammering. I'm not the one knocking down the walls. I'm not the one, you know, putting up the sheetrock. But I have a team of individuals who I can count on, who are reliable, who are who is a different team than my agriculture business. Yes. And in my financial service business, totally different. I have, in my financial service business, I have two sides, capital pensions and insurance solutions. And then I have my teacher's retirement solutions. Two different teams right there. Yes. And each team 
is playing off of a different playbook. Same industry, but different playbook. So you have to have a team. And here's the deal. You cannot have a team of all quarterbacks. You cannot have a team of all linemen. You have to be diversified, right? And I don't mean diversified by like religion or ethnicity or whatever, like male, female. Like I just mean of knowledge. I don't care if I have all guys on my team, but they have different levels of knowledge, right? Like you may have someone who is, this guy is the master of lighting. This guy is the master of editing. This guy is the master of, you know, film taking. This is the master of, you know, synchronizing the music with the sound. Like you're going to have a special person in that, in, in that arena, in that area of your industry. Yes. And that's all they're going to focus on. And that's going to help you just get things done a lot faster, a lot quicker, more efficiently, so you can target more clients. And what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing it might cost you a little bit more, or you might not have, you might not make the same amount of revenue that you're making because there's more hands in the pot. But now they're bringing in more clients, and you're able to target more bigger clients. Yes. To where now you were talking to like let's just say mom, mom and pop shops, but now you can start targeting like these bigger organizations. That reminds me of a story with uh, Grant Cardone and Gary V. They both sat down years ago, and uh, Grant Cardone asked Gary V, "Who do you think work? Who do you think works harder, me or you?" And Gary V, Gary v said, "Me, absolutely, hundred yeah, yeah. and ten percent." And Gary V, and uh, Grant was like, "The heck, who's this guy? I think he is?" Yeah. And then Gary V was like, "I know it deep down in my heart that you don't work as hard as me, deep down in my heart." And then a few years later, Grant does an interview, and he's reminiscing on that specific interaction. And he says, Gary V is focused on working hard every single day, doing all his tasks by him, like with himself. And obviously he has a team, but he still does a lot of the hard work. Grant Cardone said, I built a machine and I built in the right people to handle those. Grant Cardone's like, I've worked hard, but now I want to create a machine that takes care of me. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, I'm at a certain age where I kind of want to delegate things a little bit and hire the right people. So he says, Gary Vee wants to work hard. I want to build a machine. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Different mentalities. 100%. 100%. You need to work hard in the very beginning. You you nearly need to slave away. Yeah. But Grant Cardone's method when it comes to building a machine that kind of takes care of you, I like that. What does system stand for? Save yourself time, energy, and money. So that's why it's all about building systems. That machine you're talking about is a system of individuals who can operate the business again hands-free yeah like like if someone came up to me and said hey rudy you want to start a business will i entertain the idea yes i like starting businesses mm-hmm. whether it's to like keep it or or sell it like my agriculture business i don't do it for the money i do it because it's a family legacy business you know it's not about the money it's it's one is to keep people employed who my mom and dad have hired for many years. So they don't, you know I mean? Like these are people that have no college or high school education. And like if they, they, they can't find work right now, right? But second is because it's a family legacy. But if someone was to come to me and say, hey, do you want to start a business? The number one thing I'm going to look at is how to create it automated to where it's hands-free, right? If we can't, if it's a business that we cannot, like basically create a system where it's hands-free i don't want to i don't want to do it yes i don't want to do it the delegation side uh i'm trying to duplicate myself our job if we're trying to duplicate because i duplicate myself 
over and over and over and over. And then it comes to a point where you want those duplicate individuals to start duplicating their selves. That's where the machine really takes off. You, you get more, you know, momentum there, more horsepower, but your job is to bring the best out of those individuals by recognition, applauding them. Like it, it, it's crazy. Like sometimes I feel like I'm a, I'm a cheerleader. I'm like the person in the crowd applying, yeah. you know, the individuals that I'm mentoring. Because if you don't believe in those individuals, no one else is going to believe in them. So your goal is to help show them to believe in themselves. And the only way you can do that is by you showing them that you believe in them. Yeah. And once they see that someone believes in me, I can believe in myself a little bit more. Then, leadership yeah then the applause stop and they're still continuing to grow yeah i was I talking to one of my guys on the way down here and he's starting to create his sales team and he's like dude it's crazy how like last year at this time it was just me and now i have like 12 people that i'm mentoring that i'm guiding and that i'm duplicating my inform this information in, and it's just starting to grow now organically and it's like it's a crazy it's crazy i said see that's exactly how this business works it's like popcorn you know, you throw the bag of popcorn in the microwave and you're just going for a minute. You don't hear nothing. Like, what the hell is it? Is it on? And all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. And all of a sudden, you just hear all the pops and the, the kernels start to pop. And that's how business is. You could go for five years and see nothing happening. But all those roots that are under the dirt, that's grasping the dirt and getting all the nutrients that it needs, all of a sudden, boom that bamboo shoot comes up and grows nine feet within one year. You're like, what the hell? I didn't know something can grow that fast. Yeah. Well, the roots are a lot deeper than that damn bamboo shoot. So all those five years that you were putting in the work and no one was applauding you and you were missing out on birthdays, missing out on anniversaries, it's all paying off. My man, I want to uh, ask you one last question. Yeah. Um, out of all your experience of entrepreneurship, life as a man, as a risk taker, as a successful individual, uh, what is some what is some wisdom that you would want to pass down to aspiring entrepreneurs coming up? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, if I could tell my twenty year old self something, it would be to go all in, like find what you want to do whether it's school, whether it's sports, or whether it's just starting a business and just going all in, like don't have fear, get rid of that fear mentality because fear is not real unless you make it real. So for any inspiring entrepreneur, it's just go all in and eliminate all distractions. You might have to disappear for a year or two, but disappear, right? But just go all in. Are there any closing statements you'd like to give for the podcast? Continue to evolve. Continue continue to evolve. Continue to get better. And don't think you've ever arrived to your destination because, you know, there's always someone doing better than you. There's always someone doing better than you. So you always got to be evolving and, you know, self-development. Yes, 110%. My brother, it is a true honor for you to be able to give me your valuable time. You're a very productive man, and I truly, truly, genuinely appreciate your time, my man. And I look forward to all the networking and current events that we're going to be doing together. Nice. Yes. Thank you so much, my brother, for coming Likewise, on. brother. Thank, thank you so you. much for having me. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. If you got a lot of value out of this, please do me a favor and support our YouTube channel by liking, commenting, 
and subscribing. Make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify to stay updated with our latest episodes. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating, followed by with a review. Again, thank you all for the support. I'll see you next time. Stay loving, stay hungry, stay excellent.